Hello, thanks for calling the Joe DeVoe Show. No one's in to take your call right now. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you just as soon as possible. Have a nice day. Beep. Hi, Ms. DeVoe. Thank you for everything. You're awesome. I just wanted to know, ma'am, what exactly do women when, you know, me personally... I have these huge fears about, I've been through so many near-death experiences. It's nothing for me being attached to my body and the earth. It's more of this fear for me of, you know, the tall poppy syndrome, as they say in Australia. The tall poppy syndrome where sometimes, you know, new level, new devil, those fears. I just want to stop feeding those fears. Please give me assistance with that new level, new devil, external resistance. I seem to be a magnet for it. Thank you. Thank you for being the one to leave me my very first voicemail. I was like, woohoo, when that email came through telling me that someone had taken the time to leave a voicemail for the podcast. So thank you for that. As for your question, I think it's so interesting that you led with basically, I'm not afraid to die because it really puts into perspective how threatening life here on earth can be, even in contrast to something as extreme as death itself, and especially in terms of dealing with each other. Other people can be so intimidating particularly on a subconscious level. Many of us aren't even aware of how those dynamics are playing out in the choices we make when it comes to playing small. So I just want to acknowledge you for having that self-awareness. And then for the sake of clarity, I'm just going to read what Wikipedia has to say about what tall poppy syndrome is. Wikipedia says the tall poppy syndrome is a cultural phenomenon in which people hold back, criticize, or sabotage those who have or are believed to have achieved notable success in one or more aspects of life, particularly intellectual or cultural wealth, cutting down the tall poppy. So you specifically asked about how do you stop feeding those fears? And this is probably not the sexiest answer, but it's an honest one. I don't think you can stop feeding those fears until you get into action. I'm a person who believes that when it comes to fear like this, usually the only way out is through. So in this particular case, it would be you need to go out there and shine. You need to be your most potent, powerful self for all the world to see and then let those fears rise to the surface and deal with them as they come. And then in doing that, you overcome the fear. In doing that, you learn to face the fear and transmute it into something positive for yourself. And the way I would do this in terms of being afraid of other people cutting me down is I would just notice when the trigger comes up and then engage in some kind of self-soothing behavior, some kind of positive self-talk, call a really supportive friend, give yourself just a little pep talk in the mirror, something like that, but do not shrink, hold back, or make yourself smaller because either some internal voice is trying to cut you down or somebody in your environment or online, or at your workplace, or in your own family is trying to cut you down and make you play small. I promise you, anybody who is coming at you with that energy, it's not about you. It's about them. The way that you are shining is bringing up their own junk. It's bringing up their own shadows, and that's for them to deal with. That's not your responsibility, and it's not your problem. That's something they have to deal with on their own, and most people don't have the wherewithal to do that. And so your role in this scenario then is to stand tall, to be that tall poppy, and let them deal with it how they're going to, and know that 
any negative thing that they're saying to or about you, any little swipes they may take, even any actions they may take to try to bring you down, they're in a wrestling match with their own shadow. And the best thing that you can do is refuse, refuse to acquiesce. And in that way, it kind of becomes like this fun little rebellion. It becomes a game. And in winning the game, all you really have to do is stand tall and keep going. And in that way, you build self-trust. In that way, you model shining. In that way, you model success. In that way, you model not cowing to the naysayers. You model that for your own inner self, your own inner child, your own frightened parts of yourself, but you model it also for the people around you, for your peers, for your family, if you have kids, especially for your kids. Something that I have found for parents, and I don't know if you're a parent, but for any parents listening, something that I have found that often works is not necessarily standing up for yourself for yourself, but doing it for your kids. And this could apply to if there's just kids in your life that you love. If you're a teacher, if you're an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or grandpa, when you stand in your power, when you stand in your truth, when you refuse to let bullies bother you, you are modeling for other people what that looks like. And you're showing them that it can be done, that these people do not have any power over you. You're showing it first to yourself, and then you're showing it to anybody who may be watching. And you never know who's watching. You might be surprised. Another thing that I would recommend is to deliberately create or gather a support system. Even if you don't have one in person, find a positive mutually supportive online community that will not only allow you to shine, but will encourage and take inspiration from it. There are people who find other folks' success expansive and fun. So go out and find those people. They are out there. I am one of those people. And there are many of those people in my online community because like attracts like. So I know for sure that they exist and that you deserve to have friends like that. Even one friend, one coworker, or one family member who really has your back and always cheers when you win is worth their weight in gold. And the best way to establish that kind of relationship is to be that kind of friend yourself. And then never settle for anything less. The minute an acquaintance reveals a mean jealous streak or a tendency to keep other people down, put a hard boundary around your interactions with them. At the very least, never share your good news or your hopes and dreams with that person and limit your interactions to less personal things. Or if you're able and feel so inclined, stop interacting with them altogether. No one is entitled to your time much less your heart. And as Maya Angelou famously said, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. And if this has anything to do with your money, take it personally. When people try to hold you back or keep you down, they are trying to keep food off your table. They are trying to impact your retirement. They are trying to impact your life in a real way, whether they know it or not. If they're just jealous, Fine, but what is underneath that? What are they preventing you from achieving? Are they limiting the number of vacations you can take? Are they shrinking your budget in encouraging you to play small? I find that it helps sometimes to get a little bit angry about those things. And then again, especially if you have kids, you can be like, this person is trying to take food out of my kid's mouth. There's real power in framing it that way. And then in terms of new level, new devil, that's a slightly different thing, but definitely in the same ballpark. And I could not be more pleased about the timing of your question because we actually talk about that in this episode. So thanks again for your question. I hope my answer was useful. And let's get into today's podcast. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. 
And today I get to do that with the help of the amazing Jocelyn Kelly Reed. She is an intuitive business and abundance coach and feminine energy healer. So we are going to be talking a lot about feminine energy today, specifically in relationship to money, big money, as in radical wealth creation. One note that I want to make here right up front is in relation to the phrase expanding your nervous system, which comes up during this conversation. And I just thought it would be good to define that here before we get rolling in case any of you are unfamiliar with that terminology. For me, expanding my nervous system has largely been about learning to self-soothe under the increasing pressures of public exposure. That is the path through which I have come to understand that it's about learning to feel at ease with greater levels of attention or more responsibility and being able to hold and experience more and more and more without falling into collapse or self sabotage. And we do that literally by training the body through practices that engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which is not as complicated as it sounds. The parasympathetic nervous system is often called the rest and digest system, and it's the part of your nervous system that helps you relax and self-regulate during times of stress or after any kind of perceived threat, which you know life itself can be stressful and threatening, so it is a good thing to understand. And you engage the parasympathetic nervous system when you practice meditation, certain forms of breath work and body postures, massage, and even working with your diet or sleep patterns to create a more soothing inner environment for processing the world at large. So that's why we brought it up here in relationship to money and specifically in terms of talking about what Jocelyn calls quantum leaps. If you're going to leap three steps ahead financially, it's important to be mindful of any triggers and old negative coping behaviors that might come up around that experience so that you can acclimate to new heights without freaking yourself out so that your growth then is sustainable. Money is so personal and if you haven't made friends with it yet, it can be extremely triggering. So it's important to find teachers and guides who really speak to who you are now and where you want to go next. I'm actually doing two back-to-back episodes on money for Self-Worth Summer. This is the first of two. Self-Worth Summer is a theme I've been working with here lately, and I don't feel like I can talk about self-worth thoroughly if we don't get into talking about money. So next week, I will have another interview for you with another money expert who has a completely different take on the energy of finance so that you can explore it from a couple different perspectives. And then this fall, if all goes well, it looks like I will also be having a third guest on to talk about money, but specifically as it relates to your human design. So that should be fun and something to look forward to. I think it's useful to listen to a variety of financially successful people, women in particular, women for women, because women need more role models in that arena. And many of us need an approach that comes at it from a more feminine perspective. So I cannot officially endorse nor confirm any claims made during this interview because I myself have not yet worked with Jocelyn or experienced the kind of multi-six-figure quantum leaps she's talking about here today. But I think what she's saying is super intriguing and provocative. She definitely gets the wheels turning in a different way. So I would encourage you to, at the very least, just enjoy her perspective and see where it aligns or bumps up against yours and then maybe ask why. Maybe explore that a little bit and do some digging. 
Years ago, I had my friend Dawn on the show for an episode we called Woo Woo in the Hoo Hoo because she was really into yoni eggs at the time. And I wanted to give everyone the heads up about that from the title, Go. <laughs> because this is such a mixed crowd. Some of you are super woo, like you are into all the metaphysical things. And then others of you, I think, are more like me when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, we're open to it, we're curious, but also a little bit skeptical and not so quick to join the woo party. So I like that Jocelyn really brings it that way, even as her expertise is grounded in more conventional wisdom. She's got the woo and she's got the practical and she's got them both together. So I think that's really interesting and fun. And without any further ado, here she is, Jocelyn Kelly Reed. Hi, Jocelyn. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today and super grateful. So thank you. You are welcome. And it is my honor. I was just telling you that when I first came across your work, I was like, oh, this is a hell yes, instant hell yes. And I really want to lead with something that I hope will create that hell yes in my listeners. And that is the fact that you went from being six figures in debt to the IRS to having your first six-figure month, month, people, six-figure month within two years. And that is such an enormous leap. You would probably call it a quantum leap. But to me, it's extremely aspirational. I've never been that far in debt. And I have never come close to making $100,000 in a month. So I thought that if we led with that, it would give people a good insight into who we're dealing with here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's kind of a wild story. It's so funny because I was just on a walk this morning. I'm currently, you know, looking for a new place to live in New York. And, you know, when you know how moving home is, the search and all the things. And I had sent my puppy out with her dog sitter because she has a lot of energy and I just did not feel like going to the dog park for two hours this morning. So I was like just out walking by myself. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. It's like, I felt, you know, I was like, I just want to go outside and get some sun like before I work. And I was walking and it really hit me. I'm like, I remember when, you know, it was like 10 AM. I was like, I remember when my mornings were me rushing to work, super stressed out, always running late, having to sit in one place all day, feeling tension for being told what to do when drama, drama, loads of debt, always worried about money, just like literally a constant loop of stress. And then not that long, you know, that wasn't that long ago. And so now to feel like, oh, wow, I can just put on a sundress and go walk in the sun while someone else takes care of my dog, if that's what I want to do today, just because I feel like it. And I don't worry about any money anymore because I have deepened my relationship to it so much. And business gets easier as it grows rather than it getting harder. And it's just wild that we have this capacity to switch the experience of our life so radically. You said a lot there that definitely lit me up. One was being in deep relationship with money and another was business gets easier and not harder as you go along. And I'm like, okay, let's hear more of this because I have a lot of people in my community that are freaking out about inflation and the recession. And we really need to hear what you have to say, Jocelyn. I know. I just like literally turn all of that quote unquote real world noise out. I literally do not pay attention at all. And you know what's so important to remember? Let's say we were actually going to have a recession. It's not even super clear. But do you know how many people have created loads of wealth during recessions? Like there's always the people who are looking ahead. It's sort of like that basic example from the stock market. It's like when everyone else is running, you want to jump in now, you know? Yeah, I've heard it. I have not followed that advice, but I've listened to it. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it takes courage to take that leap. It does. But if you think about the people who create enormous wealth, enormous influence, et cetera, most of the time they're going against the grain because otherwise they would receive what most people receive, right? Because right. they'd be moving like most people. Right. So there's so much of what we learned 
and what most people take as true that you just like flip on its head and you roll that way because I built my business. So I quit my job at the end of 2019 only to have right the pandemic started in January. I built my business during the pandemic when everyone was like losing their mind and all of this stuff. My first year in business was a 300K cash year. You know, that was two years ago. I woke Mm -hmm. up one month. I woke up going to bed. My rent was due the next day. I woke up and $500 worth of patrons had canceled their patronage. (laughs) I was down $500. I woke up to that and I was like, don't freak out. Don't freak out. And it was at the beginning of the pandemic when kind of everybody was like, oh my gosh. I just feel like I go all in when everyone's freaking out. I'm like, if you see everyone freak out, go do the opposite. Yeah. Also, it just doesn't matter. Like the vibe is that you're aligned to what you're aligned to no matter what. So it doesn't really matter what's happening. Like, okay. So obviously if I lived in a war-torn country, right, I would be having a more stressful experience, but I'm just speaking out about what is likely the experience of most of your listeners And it's like, if you're aligned to the life that you want, to the money that you want, to the business that you want, if you build everything intentionally and on purpose, it doesn't really matter what's going on around you. There's always people who have money. Money never goes out of style. You know what I mean? No matter what's going on, there are always people who have money and are growing wealth in every single environment. So like, why not make it you? Can we bring it to the people who are relating more to me, like freaking out when that happened? Like, I definitely want to hear the process of how you made that leap, but it might be helpful first to share, if you're willing, how you got into that debt, what were the patterns or fears that brought you there? And then what was the catalyst that launched you into the process of turning things around and having that 300K year? I had kind of had a very tumultuous Saturn return. So for anyone who's not into astrology, that's kind of usually when you get your reckoning of the universe sort of pushing you along on your path and you get to choose how resistant or not you are to it. Right. And I was not spiritual at the time at all. I wasn't really awake at all. I had worked in finance, so I had done well. And then I just went through one of those moments in life. It was like a quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to live in San Francisco. I didn't want the job. I didn't want the boyfriend. I just didn't want anything anymore that was in my present life. And I really wanted to move to LA. And I just literally left everything and did just that. However, because I had always been financially sound because I got a great job out of school and I was doing all the right things with my money, et cetera, et cetera. I had never been in a position of not having income. And even though I had savings, et cetera, I also had, you know, I moved into an expensive place. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to get another finance job. It was sort of like, everything that had been sure about my life just crumbled all at the same time. You know, while that was happening, I also had a really intense psychic and spiritual awakening that was honestly nerve wracking. Like I was hearing voices. I was having like these crazy dreams of white light. I could no longer be in crowded places because I could feel everybody's energy. And, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of spiritual women who are looking to have deeper access to their intuition, but I wasn't looking for any of this. So it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks and I got in a very toxic up and down relationship. And I basically became addicted to him and that chaos and drama, sort of like how someone else would get addicted to a substance. And then I started seeing like psychics as I was obsessing about him. And then I was also having my own psychic awakening. And basically all my energy was leaking out, 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 out. And I really felt like an empty vessel without any direction. Mm. And I also had no example. I mean, I've still met very few people who went through this the way that I did. So I also felt really other because I was like, what is going on with me? Why am I having this crazy? And I was, even with him, I was having premonition dreams about everything he was going to do before he did it, including getting in other relationships and coming back, like including him getting engaged to the woman that he's with now. I mean, like crazy precise. Wow. And I was like, why? And so at the time, right, because I was in this crazy codependent trauma bond, I was sort of making it 
be like, oh, well, I wouldn't have this level of insight unless he was the one, you know, because mm. I hadn't had that before, but that's not the case at all. And he definitely is not. You're the was one. Not. Yeah. And also like, we are just not supposed to be together. Like, I don't care at all. Like now I'm so neutral about him, but this was, you know, when I was in the throes of it and I'm actually grateful to him because I think that the universe sent me this huge wake up and awakening through him. It's interesting. So my Chiron is on my Venus. So I mm. like even astrologically, right. I'm here. I'm going to learn a lot of lessons and have the greatest transformation in the spaces of love and money, which is because, you know, that's what Venus represents. And that's exactly what's happened. So I feel like he was a catalyst, right? It took yeah. me a while because I wasn't on, I wasn't looking for my purpose the way that so many people are. And I just really wasn't tuned into that world. In the meantime, you know, I wanted to get in the interior design industry. I was basically starting from the bottom. So along the whole way of all of this, I basically cashed out all the money that I had in my investments. And I knew better than to do this, but I was in such flight or flight in my body all the time. I just like was not thinking clearly and not making good decisions. And I took out all my investments without putting enough aside for taxes. So that turned into a nearly six-figure tax bill. I mean, I got an installment agreement and did the things, but that sounds, I mean, now to me, it sounds like, okay, cool, we can handle it. But that's because I make way more money. But at the time, I felt like I was going to die with this debt over me. Like it felt like a literal like brick hanging from my neck every single day. And I was terrified. And again, I had never created debt ever. I always paid out. I paid for everything. I paid everything off on time. Like it's just so wild. Cause I'm someone who actually knew how to manage money, but it shows you what like unprocessed trauma and like emotional high levels of emotional distress, anxiety, everything will do to you. It's like your brain shuts off. I'm so glad you shared that because it happens to the smartest, most together people. And it can really take you by surprise. Totally. You, there's nothing about my background or if you had just watched me in motion that would ever lead you to believe that that would have happened to me. Yeah. Now you can look back and say it was a catalyst because it did end the way it ended. And it's so fascinating that you have that Chiron Venus thing going on in your astrology because you talk about something that I've never heard anybody talk about in exactly the same way about calling in money in a feminine way, but you talk about sexual trauma and how the body is a portal of manifestation. And then you literally get into techniques for doing some healing that are pretty out there, but also super fascinating. And for any women listening, is that something you can touch on a little bit? Absolutely. So this is all in the space of, you know, how I talk about quantum healing and quantum manifestation. Can we define the- that? Can we define that really quick? Yeah, of course. So with the word quantum, just meaning fast, right? So the idea would be that what you thought would take you three years to manifest now takes you three months. You know okay. how me going from exactly what you said earlier, me going from hundred K in debt to having my first six figure revenue month in two years that we would call that a quantum leap, right? Definitely, because that's a, definitely. an enormous leap forward with money. So we get to have that. And we are in a time on the planet where it's just the way energy moves is different. So like we've all seen, clearly the whole planet is going through a grand awakening. Look at the number of just like the, the amount of crises, drama, things falling apart, especially on a government level, people's trust in these larger powers that they used to put ultimate faith in, right? People are just very much waking up to how power has played out on this planet into how people have been kept small. And so much of that is like, there's enormous crumbling before the rise so often, right? So we're seeing that happen everywhere. So because just by the nature of the fact that like the universe, right, the world is just ready for more, that always just comes with like an element of speed that gets to apply to our lives as well. So it's like the way we go about our healing, the way we go about creating more, like, yeah, of course, let's say you have a business, there are 3D things that we got to get done for our business to move forward. But so much of what we're doing energetically and on embodiment level really impacts how much we receive. And so when I say quantum healing, it's like, well, maybe you've been in therapy for 10 years talking about the same thing and you've seen some results, but like, what if you put yourself in a different environment and open yourself up to 
new ways of healing. Like I, I call the women in my world in this piece of my work. It's like we're modern day medicine women. You know, you may have heard about cervix yarmoring or womb healing, you know, breast massage. A lot of times I just receive channeled energetic work that I deliver to my clients. And all of a sudden they'll have these crazy shifts or we go on a past life journey and they see a past life where initiation of this wound that's been playing out over and over and over today. And they haven't known where it came from because it doesn't make sense if they just look at their family or even their lineage or the pieces that they know about. And they'll have a past life vision. People who think they can't have any visions, trust me, you can. And then they'll know. And then we facilitate the healing while they're in that state. And then it's like, oh my God, the next day X, Y, and Z happens. Right. And there's so much more ease. So this is where we have to start believing in magic and we have to start believing in energy and we have to start believing in things we can't see because everybody who is good and including myself at quantum leaping at collapsing times, having things happen faster, accelerating money, accelerating everything is really good at believing in what we can't see. My mind is split in two. I'm like, do I want to ask about de-armoring your cervix or do I want- Oh, I can explain want- like <laughs> the concept behind it. Let's do, it. Um, Let's do so it. So the vibe is, you know how you said that you heard me say the body is the portal to manifestation. So here's why I say that. We all have experienced anxiety, some level of depression, right? Reoccurring pain in the body, reoccurring discomfort from the body, even certain levels of numbness. One in three women have sexual trauma, People have experienced physical abuse. And then it's not just what's happened to us in our lives, right? But there's this book by this man, Mark Olin, called The Body Keeps Score, right? And it's all about how generational trauma is passed down. And they did a study, and I think it's like through seven generations. So we, quite often, we are just carrying the, and it makes sense, right? You were literally living inside your mother's womb. Of course, you picked up her trauma. You were living inside her body, you know? Yeah. And so on and so on. And so when this trauma isn't processed or doesn't get addressed, right, it shows up. I used to have tightness in my chest all the time, all the time. Now I have none. Or when I was younger, I used to have stomach aches. Now I have none, right? For some people to be like, oh, my right knee is always hurting, whatever it is. This is unprocessed trauma and emotions that are literally stuck in your body. And your body is like, hey, can we do something about this? Hey, can we do something about this? Hey, can we do something about this? And so when we move these unprocessed emotions, feelings, et cetera, out of the body, you create a lot more space to receive. Because as you can imagine, when we talk about the perspective of our feminine energy, like women are built to receive, right? All feminine core women, we all are always seeking that feeling of the feminine exhale, of the relaxation of, oh God, I can just lean back and everything's taken care of. Even most of our desires, when we talk about kind of like polarity, for example, with money, most of our desires are masculine in nature because of how they feel to have them. They feel stable. They feel supportive. Having lots of money feels stable. It feels supportive. Having a beautiful home you love feels stable and supportive. Having a more masculine partner or being with a man feels stable, supportive. We're always looking for that safety. Always, always, always. So we get to look for it in healthy ways or we will look for it in unhealthy ways, but we're always looking for it. So to receive more, right? We have to actually feel safe in our bodies. Otherwise we're just like pushing it away and we're blocking our life force energy or our chi energies. Like an example I love to give is, you know, when you see a woman walking down the street, who's just like, so in her body, so in her sensuality, so in her pleasure, and you just notice her, right? She didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. She's just feeling like a vibe, you know? Shout out to Darcy Ford in the fifth grade. I remember this in elementary. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I can remember like little girls in elementary school, like just having this magic and being like, why? <laughs> You're like, what is that? So that's free flowing life force energy. So to create that, we want to remove these energetic imprints. It's sort of like how an acupuncture, acupuncture is all about like flowing our energy back into the places where it's stuck. Right creating equilibrium there. It's sort of like the same idea. So with cervix yarmoring with a wand. So the idea is women carry an enormous amount of trauma in our wombs, whether it be from actual sexual trauma or not. Our womb is like 
our home. We birth children in there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a wild space that can hold a lot. Yeah. And our wombs are also, they're connected to our throats and it's so wild. So when we clear energy from that space, even though it can sound kind of woo or crazy, I've seen it work over and over again you create safety in the body. And when you create safety in the body, you're able to receive more because it's like, if you think about having a million dollars and if someone, and if I'm like, okay, cool, John, if I give you not a hundred million dollars, a million dollars, a hundred million, that sounds great too. <laughs> but, if <I> gave you, <laughs> but if I gave you a million dollars, how would you feel? At first you might feel excitement, but then what comes up in your body for a lot of people, it's tightness and stressy feelings. What would I do with it? How would I manage it? Oh my God, someone might come along and take it like, da, 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 da. well, of course it's hard to receive because that's the frequency you have around it. But when you feel safety in your body, when you feel safety within you, you're going to feel safe with everything because it all starts with us. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. This is a journey I have been on, especially this year. And really focusing on something I've heard you talk about, too, is expanding my nervous system so I can receive more. I am very familiar with what my upper limit is, and it's actually beyond the intellect. Just something starts happening in my nervous system, and it's the boss. So for me, I just got to a point where I was like... I need to heal this. I can't manage it anymore because that's exhausting. I need to heal. And like, why do we even want to be coping? I'm like, why are we in this culture of coping? Why don't we just heal it and move on? Yes. Another metaphor I love is like a clenched fist and the difference between that and just gently opening your hand to receive easier said than done. But that metaphor works for me. Absolutely. And so my whole vibe is, and my background is not in, like, I didn't study trauma, for example, in my containers, you know, we do this type of work, I'll bring in people who specialize in other areas than I do as well. But I noticed that everything I would channel would work. So I don't call myself that, you know, I call myself a modern day medicine. And I'm like, I can't tell you why some, so the body pieces, yes, I can explain to you why they work. And I'll bring women in who do like some work there and that sort of zone of genius. And then with me, it's more just like whatever comes through my channel and in terms of energy healing, that's just a natural gift that I have, you know, like all healers, it's just, it comes to you naturally. This is why I say like, sometimes you have to trust what quote unquote doesn't make sense, but it's like, well, if you look at the testimonials and listen to the podcasts and hear people's experiences, you'll start to be like, okay, maybe I'm going to give this a go because I've been in therapy for the past 10 years and not much has changed talking about it and intellectualizing my issues, which that's nice to bring awareness, but then we need to go way deeper than that to actually get the growth that we're desiring. And it doesn't have to be painful and it doesn't have to be re-traumatizing and we don't have to do it 10,000 times over. It's just about getting there faster, you know, and we're in a world of women who are awake at a level and men too. I just obviously miss my community's women where like we are just able to help people in ways that were not available or at least very wide known, you know, even 10 years ago. Can I ask you a question about this? I'm wondering in terms of expanding your nervous system or softening or opening up. So you feel stable when you arrive at a new level. How do you reconcile that with quantum leaps, right? So if you have a hard time letting in, the next level if that's when your body starts freaking out like where what do we do <laughs> how, how well do you do the work right so a lot of times in doing the work that creates the quantum leap what you is know? the work so that is the the different types of healing for me women come to me through primarily through the lens of like i want to create more wealth i want a juicier life like i just want to be feeling in my feminine flow etc right but in going through for example i have a mastermind called feminine magic and money deep embodiment of feminine pleasure wealth magic magnetism this is like the whole vibe of what we do for five months together in all of these different ways and it just opens you up to more so it's like just by the nature of you intentionally going into this you're releasing all of these sticky energies from this lifetime, from your lineage, from past lives. And then because you're just more open, you just attract more. 
And so what once seemed hard, like how I always say to my son, like money used to feel hard. Now money feels easy. You know, of course, if you have a business, because I also sometimes see people go on these endless healing journeys and they're not matching it with action. You have to also, even if you don't have a business, whatever your career is, this is all happening in tandem with you taking aligned action. Like the law of action is not going anywhere. I'm a very motivated person. You know, I won't overwork. I won't do things I don't want to do. I run a feminine business, meaning that it's based on my intuition, but I also deeply understand strategy. I have 15 years of experience in sales and marketing. Like my vibe is like bridging the 5D and the 3D. And that's how you're going to create a lot of results. It's not like just floating around in like 5D healing and spiritual stuff. And it's not just doing like, the 3D and following the linear track, yada, yada, yada. It's about bringing them together for results. And most people are focused too much on one side or the other and not walking them out in parallel. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying use the yoni eggs, do the breast massage, find ways to release and receive, but then also do the actual physical 3D work of running. Yeah. And do it smart. Part of why my business has grown so fast is like, I know how to run a business well. And I'm always being coached and have mentorship. I never felt like I was just throwing stuff against the wall. It's like, we do have to build a sustainable, scalable business in order to have a lot of success and a lot of success quickly and a lot of success without burnout. I was just so unavailable for burnout because I had experienced it in the corporate world so many times my final straw when i left la and came to new york the bitter end was like a health crisis where i had fibroids i had to have open surgery i was never someone who was sick so i was like what in the world is this about this is crazy but i've been operating under such high anxiety and such high stress for like five years largely because of you know my unaddressed trauma that i didn't even i literally didn't even know what trauma was at that time which is pretty wild And I remember I found Louise Hay and she said the spiritual reason for fibroids was romantic shame. And I'm like, well, here we are. No big shocker. (laughs) And that, that really woke me up too. But yeah. So when I came into my business and I started at the end of 2019, I just knew that I wanted wealth and I knew I wanted to make an impact. And I knew that I was just here for something big and I was determined to have it. And I've always just been very determined to have it my way because otherwise what's the point? It feels so led when I think about the things that you went through mentioning the fibroids and addressing like womb work with women and teaching them that it's like you were handed these tools through such scary experiences, but you embrace them and they brought you to a place now where you're able to serve other people. Yeah. I mean, and if I think about it, granted, it was long and it was hard and it was arduous. And I used to just pray to God for it to end. I literally did not know what was going on with my life, Mm -hmm. but now it makes perfect sense because otherwise what would have been my story? Oh yeah. I grew up well off. I mean, my dad had a rags to riches story, but the majority of my lifetime, I was very financially comfortable. I mean, I, you know, there was other traumas that I picked up from my family, but it was financially comfortable. So what would have been the story? I grew up like that. I went to Ivy League school. I got a job in finance and I just kept getting good jobs. And now I'm going to teach you how to improve your life. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing there. You were given the story. I was literally handed the story on a silver platter. (laughs) Destroy your life and put it back together, Jocelyn. (laughs) Speaking of stories, I'm wondering about your dad's rag to riches story. Is that a story you heard a lot growing up that shaped you and informed you in terms of possibilities? Yes. He always said, do what you love and the money will come. Mm. And he grew up in the deep South in Augusta, Georgia. And his mom was like a good mom, but you know, she had four kids. His dad was an abusive alcoholic. She had to kick him out at a time where women did not get divorced. I mean, there was points where he was on the street. I mean, that Uh level not functioning. Mm -hmm. I know my mom told me this story about like when they were dating and he would go visit his dad who wound up, you know, living in some, an apartment and he wouldn't even let her come in because he didn't want her to like see him this way. It's interesting because he's like very private and doesn't like to like shed negative light on people. But at the same time, obviously you need to like talk about these things when you're inside your family and like, Hey, alcoholism runs in our family. Let's everybody just be aware of that. You know? Yeah. 
But anyway, that's his own journey. So he was the only boy. He was working in high school to help his mom. I mean, it was hard, like genuinely hard, you know? And he just knew he wanted more. And they met in college. He like got himself into college and then met my mom. He was in the military for a little while when he kind of like lost his way. And then, you know how especially at that time, like California was like the wild west. It was kind of like, what is happening in California? When, especially when you're from the South, you know? And he went to Georgia State and this company from UC Berkeley, not, you know, like the recruiters will go to the different schools and talk to the kids there, you know? Mm-hmm. UC Berkeley came to his campus and not a single person went to the meeting except him from the whole school. Wow he was like, okay, well, this must be meant to be. And then he applied to get his MBA and he got in. And my mom had never been west of the Mississippi when they moved to California in her life. They drove and they're like Volkswagen Beetle bug and came, went to California, like in the sixties, which is such a wild time to be in Berkeley. (laughs) You know, And they were like doing their thing. And he ultimately got his PhD in finance. It still like wasn't easy. He had like a decent job by this point. And his PhD advisor, I mean, my dad's like an intellectual genius. You know, he's like definitely that hardcore nerdy math type. And his PhD advisor, who was like well-known in like the financial research field, asked him if he wanted to start a company based on his thesis. And basically paid him to start the company. And one of my favorite stories is he came home one day and told my mom, and he was like, you need to sit down. And she was like, oh God, okay, why? And he was like, Bar just offered to pay me a million dollars a year to come build this company. I have chills. And at that time, that was like such an insane amount of money to them, you know, you know, what's amazing, too. And I'm sure this got passed down to you is that he had the self worth, regardless of being a genius. There are a lot of geniuses. There are a lot. There's lots of geniuses. There's a lot of people that are smart, but they don't have the self worth to like follow well, I would say even more than self-worth, he just has discipline. Like he mm-hmm. just will not quit. You know, that's what I noticed more than anything. He's actually very humble, you know, and I know self-worth doesn't mean like cockiness, no. but he never used this lingo like we use today, which is like, oh, I deserve it. I deserve it. He just was like always doing things in the background and just didn't give up. It was just perseverant. It took him seven years to finish his PhD and he did not give up. Wow. Because he failed his dissertation the first time. The one that ultimately went on to make him, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Amazing. Amazing persistence, discipline. Yeah. He works out seven days, six days a week. And it's like, do you know what I mean? I'm not so like masculine in nature, obviously. But I do think what I picked up was the like, do not give up. Because even when, you know, they were living in this little tiny apartment in Albany, which is close to Berkeley. And I grew up in Piedmont and he wanted to live in Piedmont and my mom, like they would drive over to Piedmont. And this is when they didn't have any money. They're living in this tiny little apartment, drive over to Piedmont on the weekends and look at all like the big fancy houses. And my mom would like roll her eyes and be like, Oh my God, are we still doing this? (laughs) 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 And drive around and drive around, drive around in a way he was manifesting, right. Without like using that word. And then what happened? Where did I grow up? Piedmont, California goodness but it's like playing the long game and i feel like what i got and what i still believe in today is just that refusing to give up and being willing to play the long game because we are in a culture of a lot of instant you know social media dopamine hits instant gratification and you can grow really fast i grew really fast but i grew really fast from a perspective of playing the long game yeah you know Instead of like, oh my God, it didn't work once. So I'm going to give up. I'm a failure. Like I'm extremely resilient. I love that you have the bedrock of that financial background too. And you did, you worked for BlackRock. Is that right? Yeah. And you worked in finance before things started getting hard, but then you were handed the feminine to balance out all of that masculine. And it's exciting. It's really interesting to listen to your story. Thanks for sharing that. 
Oh, thank you so much. And I would say the difference between him and I, right, is like, I'm not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning every day. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, I would say I'm balanced out where my mom is like a woman of leisure. Like she likes to relax and like, you know, very different people. It's like if he's type A, she's definitely a type B, you know? Did that dynamic inform the way that you perceive feminine and masculine? Not in any way that I realized at the time, but now I get it. Cause like, I'm the girl who wants to like lay at the beach and drink rosé all day and hang out, you know? And, but at the same time, I know how to build a thriving business, but I, I will not work around the clock. And if I want to get up at 10 AM, I will, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I just like do what I want to do. But looking back, I see how, you know, I could have seen both. And then I just picked up pieces of both. However, there's been a lot of work to arrive here. That wasn't enough for me to just be like, okay, boom, got it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I just realized that I just didn't believe that life has to be so hard. I think that we're served experiences, right? There's painful moments. People pass away, like things like that, that are just part of, of human, like there's cycles of life and death and we're, we're going to have experiences, but it's one thing to grieve through pain. And it's another thing to be on this road that most people are on of chosen suffering. Yeah. There's so much chosen suffering that people are so unaware of. And so an enormous piece that I remember choosing for myself is like, I'm not interested in suffering. If I feel something that keeps coming up for me, I'm going to go address it. I'm not going to try to build a seven figure business off hundred dollar sessions. It doesn't even make any sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to not raise my prices because of some woman who I don't even know in my audience and what she might think. I'm not going to care what the neighbors think are the neighbors paying my bills no do you know what i mean like i'm just not gonna suffer because of what i think anybody else is doing or thinking i want what i want why women why why are you taking all of this and bringing it to women specifically because women have been trained to suffer so now it's different but the majority of human existence women have been living in response to men there were centuries where your only purpose is to make sure that you secured a viable partner. And like, literally. I was, I was literally raised like that today in this, you know, modern time I was raised to find a husband. And like, that is literally all you're doing like with your whole life. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So as we can imagine of all of our worth and all of our value and like, fuck yes to having a man that you adore, but do you know what, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, but if all your didn't work well for me, just let me, of course it didn't. (laughs) If like all your worth and all your value is placed in your ability to secure the most viable partner. So all your focus on is like your etiquette and what you're wearing and how you look and make sure you're presentable and go along and get along and all these things. You're just getting squash, 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 squash. And it was almost, it's to a point where like no one even cared what your preferences were or how you were naturally intended to express or what your talents were. Because if your talents weren't learning French, playing the piano, knowing how to cook and clean they aren't valuable yeah this has gone on for centuries this isn't something we went through for five years and then there's this whole letting men lead yeah we want men to lead if you're dating a masculine partner or a masculine partner if you don't date men inside your relationship but that's very different than like a man leading your entire life and your existence and so we've always been in response to which means that we've been wildly shut down or even feminine wisdom right has been made to be look at the witch hunts right women have had so much power that has felt of threat because it's the what you can't see And so we were even trained to rat each other out during the witch hunts to save our lives. We were trained to compete with each other, to lock in a partner. Like we are tools of the media consistently still. Mm -hmm. So in experiencing that much suppression, there's so much just inherent belief that, well, this is just the way it is. Oh, you know, it's okay. Why don't you just be grateful for what you have because the next door neighbor has less. Oh, it's okay. Just let the men work it out. You just like be quiet and make sure he's comfortable. There's so been so much of that. Yeah. Yeah. It shows up too, just in entrepreneurship, women competing with each other and things like that. I think it's really great to create a community of women that are talking about these things and learning how to manifest from a I mean, feminine energy together. Totally. And that your feminine energy is powerful instead of weak. 
Right. You know, you don't have to do it like a man to have what you want. You're a woman, you I know? That's so why I love you talking about masculine money being a masculine energy and, and yeah. receiving that as a balance to the polarity. Right. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That actually makes sense. It's not that you need a man, but you need that masculine energy to receive it. And it's not about you being masculine and pushing and forcing. It's about receiving that masculine safety. And what else did you say? Safety and support and structure that comes from. Exactly. And, and it's so funny because inside this journey, I also watch women improve their romantic relationships, call in partners, get engaged. It's like everything else naturally falls into place. When we step out of masculine overdrive while calling on our healthy masculine, yes, to run the business, do the things we got to have the CEO energy, the queen energy, et cetera, right. To move through life. But it doesn't have to be the leading energy all the time. Like for me, how it feels is the leading energy is just like, I'm here to have a juicy life. You know, I know what I want. That's what I'm going to have. Not interested in less, not settling. Okay, I'm going to call my masculine the healthy pieces of it to get it done. But I'm not going into overdrive by overthinking, over planning, over analyzing. I trust my body and I trust my intuition. Always trust my body, trust my intuition. I let them lead me forward. And then call my masculine to go pay the coach to put the offer out in the world. You know what I mean? But it's like the leading energy is my feminine energy. And then we call on the masculine to just get things done. Does that make sense? Rather than only being in our masculine energy, push, 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 go, 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 work, 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 think, think, analyze, analyze, blah, 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 boring, boring, stressful, stressful. (laughs) Queen flow. We should tell people you have your own podcast. I do have my own podcast all about business, money, feminine energy called Queen Flow. Queen Flow, the podcast. That's the whole title of it, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, this is going to end and people are going to want to keep listening to what you have. It's such a deep topic. It can be so challenging because, you know, there's so many aspects, but I think it's amazing to open our eyes to this because the number one reason that women come into my world They're like, I just want to feel how you feel about money. I just want things to be easier. What is going on? Please help. You know, so it was not always easy for me either. It's so much better. And also there's always more available. Of course, right now I'm just stepping into the next levels, but it just feels so much easier than it did before. And it really gets to be, I just don't think that humans are on the plan to suffer. Learn, grow, yes. Suffer, no. And we get to choose not to. Yeah. And lean into the hardships and find what they're there to show you. And maybe there's even a gift in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason I'm able to help people across such a wide variety of experiences and journeys is because I've really walked out life and I'm still walking out life. It's just now it's like, how does it get better and better? Right. Versus the pieces that I was walking out before. But it's all there. And if you let your mat, you know, that whole saying, let your mess become your message, right? If you find the power in it and turn it into power instead of suffering and dragging on, it's like the whole vibe of transmuting shit into gold. You get to create incredible abundance and help other people. Yep. It would be so unrelatable to me personally. If you're like, well, my dad was a rags to riches story. Then I worked in finance and exactly. I have been working, you know, and now I show women how to make money by working in finance. I would not be feeling or relating to that. <laughs> No, because that's not most people's experience. I mean, the value is I do understand money on a deep level, spiritually, energetically, and on the practical. That's great wisdom to have. Definitely. So, But so much of this journey is emotional. Mm-hmm. And I know what it feels like to always have your accounts in the negative, to have six figures of debt hanging over your head, to not know how you're going to pay for everything and to be choosing between gas and food. I have been there. Oh, gosh. Yes, I have been there. I think what's exciting is... The embrace of the polarity and bringing both yeah. in because you can find messages where women are talking about yoni eggs and being receptive, but then they don't have the education about finance, right? Or you can find the flip side to find them both together is very exciting. I think so too. And I'll say even in my business containers, et cetera, this comes up. Like even when I've taught clients how, you know, to make the money, make an alignment, make it with ease, then there's like, 
you have to learn how to be a CEO, right? It's not just about being good at making money. You've got to manage the money you have well. You have to know how to like hold your accounting team accountable. You have to know how to minimize your taxes. Like not just as what your accountant told you, like you need to know things too. And the lack of financial education that most people have is astounding. Okay. So if people are you like, know? okay, then show me Jocelyn, where do they go? Where can they find Well, you? I mean, so where that comes up is usually like in my masterminds or my business containers. I don't teach it anywhere standalone, but it's like just things that come up and learning how to run a business. So for that, you would join one of my, I have the cohort. That's where women stepping into consistent, sustainable five figure months when I do so the feminine way. I have my rolling mastermind Fempire. That's where women stepping into 30K to 100K months. I launched many masterminds too. And if you're just getting started on on the money journey as well. I have my self-led digital course, Money Queen. That's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really interested in the quantum healing, quantum manifestation, I have my mastermind, Feminine Magic and Money, and we start in the fall. So you can just go to my website or DM me. My website's jocelynkellyreed.com because <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> so jocelynkellyreed.com. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just the same on Instagram, jocelyn.kelly.reed jocelyn.kelly.read. I'm repeating it for people who are listening on the go and maybe not like staring at their computer right now. And I will link to all of this in the show notes, obviously. So thank you so much for doing this. I'm wondering if you can leave us with, I usually ask what's one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Do you have a tip that can just get people on the path Yes. Tune in and start focusing on what you actually desire, not what you think you can have, not what would make sense for you to have next. Like, what do you desire? Right? Like I desired and still I'm like, I am a fucking rich, rich woman, <laughs> you know, and there was no evidence, <laughs> no evidence at all. <laughs> it was also happy and fulfilled and let yourself play with the possibilities and stop limiting yourself because of what you have now or where you've been. Mm, you can truly have anything. It's so sad that we can't even let ourselves want what we want before we're telling ourselves it's not possible. So why bother? Yes. And so when you actually, it is possible and we've heard so many other people's crazy stories, like so many celebrities that we know, there's so many rags to riches stories they're actually relatively common when you look at very successful people. Yeah. Tune into that. Pay attention to that. And it's not that we need to suffer to rise, but I'm saying like, if anyone else can do it, you can do it too. And I always say to people, I'm like, there's nothing different between a successful person and you, except they didn't give up. And most people give up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Woohoo! That was fun. Talking about money can be fun. I had fun. Did you have fun? If you love this and you want to check out Jocelyn's work, you can find links to that in the show notes. You can also find a link to my new voicemail service that I am doing for free, actually, through SpeakPipe. I'm just testing it out. You can leave me a 90-second voicemail asking me anything. Ask a question that you would like me to answer here on the podcast. And if it's within the realm of my understanding, I will answer you back. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know my areas of interest are moving through fear, shadow work, manifestation, self-love, things like that. I also have an interest in health. I used to lead a program called Sad to Sexy, which was about moving off the standard American diet onto a more whole foods natural approach. So I'm happy to answer questions about that as well. So you can find a link to that in the show notes. And then in addition to that, there will be links to The Magic Star, Five Steps to Deliberate Creation, and Shadow Love, Return to the Seat of the Soul. Those are the two audio journeys that I am offering for Self-Worth Summer at 50% off when you put in the word self-worth all lowercase, no spaces at checkout. It will roll 50% off either one or both of those audio journeys. And they're very much like this podcast. The Magic Star is me 
talking in a series of podcasts about my approach to the manifestation process. And then Shadow Love is me talking about shadow work. My approach to shadow work is to view it as a form of self-love. You are identifying the rejected parts of yourself so that you can give them the attention and the space in your life that they require to become a more whole and integrated person and a more self-loving person. That is why I call it shadow love. And it's called an audio journey because it's a whole lot of talking. So if that is your thing, again, just put in at checkout the word self-worth and it'll roll 50% off the price. I've actually posted a couple of videos now for Self-Worth Summer over on Instagram. I'm just Joanna DeVoe everywhere you go on Twitter, on Instagram. And I'm playing around with that platform right now. I'm not sure what I think. I know it's kind of the marketplace. I know that's where the people are, but it's not really where I like to hang out to be social. For me, that is Twitter. But I do like that I can post videos there, and I'm trying to figure out how to do that in a way that Instagram likes. Both the videos that I posted were pretty blurry. The sound quality is fine, but the resolution, the visual is a little blurry because I had to keep shrinking the files down smaller and smaller and smaller before Instagram would finally let me upload. So I'm going to figure out the technology. I'm going to hang with it and I will reassess whether or not I enjoy posting there after I have worked through the technology kinks because I don't think it's fair to give up on it before I've even gotten the hang of it. So thank you to those of you who have left nice comments on those videos. And until we meet again, always remember, life is change, change is magic, magic is life, and the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.